Hello and welcome to Taking the Stress Out of Sleep. I'm James Wilson, your host, also known as the Sleep Geek, the founder of Kidmate. And today we're going to talk about one of the most common questions I get around sleep. James, how do I sleep through the night? Well, let me blow your little minds. Nobody sleeps through the night. Everybody wakes up three to six times a night. We come in and out of our sleep cycles. We come out, we we check to make sure we're physically and emotionally secure. If we are, we we fall back into sleep. If we're not, if something wakes us up, it could be stress, anxiety, a noise, caffeine, alcohol, your kids, your pets, many, many different things can wake wake us, our brains become come alive. If then we, we have something that we wish to consider, we wish to worry about, you know, it might be work, it might be kids, it might be relationships, it might be that embarrassing thing you did five years ago in a pub, and you think two o'clock in the morning is to consider what a failure you are. That is often what happens to us in the middle of the night. So waking the night is often, there is a trigger, and there is our reaction to that trigger. And I would say this is the most common problem that people have when it comes to their sleep. Falling asleep when you are sleep deprived is often quite easy, as we talked about in episode one. But actually staying asleep when you are dealing with stress anxiety, when you're drunk too much alcohol, drunk too much caffeine, when, you, when you're dealing with work, kids, relationships, these things can wake us up. And in the middle of the night, it can be quite difficult to go back to sleep. Now, some of you might go, but James, I've had plenty of times where I've slept through the night. I can't remember waking up. And, and, and you're right, you will not remember w- waking up every single time you wake up. And we want you not to remember. Because to remember being awake, you have to be awake for about five minutes for you, for you, for you to remember it. So if you've got kids, and you've ever gone in, you have a little conversation with them in the middle of the night when they've woke up. And the next morning you ask them about it, they cannot remember. And that's because they, they've come out of sleep, you've had a bit of a chat, they've gone back to sleep, they can't remember it. So we need to be awake for about five minutes to, to remember it. And that's why for many of you, those of you who are good sleepers, people like me aren't massive fans of because you you, you, you do not struggle with your sleep. You will be sitting there going, James, I sleep through the night. I guarantee you don't, but it does feel like you do. Now this problem's, as I said, quite a common one. It's the problem I suffer with most of all. It's the thing, the thing that I struggle with when it comes to my sleep. And I think helping you understand why it's happening can be incredibly useful. So why do we wake up in the night? What is it from our body's point of view that, that we come in and out of those sleep cycles that we're checking if we're safe or not? The reason is because at one point we had predators. At one point there were saber-toothed tigers roaming the earth and we were one of their favourite snacks. Now, if we were asleep constantly, comatose, knocked out for seven hours, we're quite an easy prey. But if we're coming in and out of our sleep cycle, if our hearing, and particularly our hearing switches on, it's the earliest of our senses to switch on and the, the, the latest of our senses to switch off, we, we hear something, we're awake and we're ready to run. So we are designed to respond to threat when we're asleep in this way. It's part of the defence mechanism. It's why we are still here as human beings. So what we call poor sleep, what we describe as poor sleep, wake up in the middle of the night, that's poor sleep. You're struggling to get to sleep, that's poor sleep. It's not because there's something wrong with us as poor sleepers. It's actually, I would argue, that we are the most efficient humans we can be. We are the best versions of a human. Because if there is a threat, we should not be asleep. If you are being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, the last thing you want to be is asleep. So you, you are up and you're ready to go. That is not poor sleep. That is the way a human is designed. We are the best humans there are. My argument would be, it is the good sleepers who are the anomalies. The good sleepers should not be here. Their ancestors should have got eaten millennia ago by a saber-toothed tiger. But they were probably saved by someone like me, someone like you, poor sleepers, who heard the saber-toothed tiger, a branch crack, nudged them, we ran up the tree, and we hid from them. And we, no, poor sleepers 
are the reason that mankind is still here. So as poor sleepers, we shouldn't beat ourselves up for being really good humans. Now, we, we should congratulate ourselves on, on doing a really good job at protecting those around us. But as we said, the problem is we don't have saber-toothed tigers anymore. And what we need to do is convince our bodies we are safe, that we are emotionally and physically secure. Because to fall asleep, we need a drop in heart rate and a drop in core temperature. We need to be relaxed and we need to be cooler. And in the middle of the night, being relaxed can be a bit of an issue because we are designed to be more on edge, to be more anxious in the middle of the night because that's where the threat is greatest, where we can't see the saber-toothed tiger, where it can jump on us unannounced. So how do we start to convince our bodies? How do we deal with waking up in the night? We now understand why it's happening. That's great. But how do we actually start to improve our sleep, improve waking up in the night? I think we have to look at it that way. As I said, there's two things that, that happen here. There's a trigger. So think about what that trigger might be. As you come out of your sleep cycle, what is pulling you out of sleep? So it could be things like caffeine. It could be things like alcohol. could be nicotine. It could be other drugs, things that stimulate you. It could be that you've exercised too close to bedtime. You've exercised, you've created adrenaline, you've created cortisol, and you're waking up two, three o'clock in the morning because your, your body's a little bit more on edge. So the first thing to do is, is think, can we address those issues? And I think one of the one of the most damaging things for poor sleepers who wake up in the middle of the night, they think, well, I, I don't need to stop drinking caffeine at five o'clock in the evening or three o'clock in the afternoon or 12 o'clock at midday, depending on the individual because I fall asleep fine, so that's not the problem. I don't need to not have a bottle of wine before bed because I fall asleep fine, that's not the problem. You know, I don't need to not have a, a vape before bed because I fall asleep fine, that's not the problem. But, but these things are, are a problem. One of, the, and one of the best things you can do to actually improve waking up in the night is making sure you're winding down properly when you go to sleep. And if you want to find out about winding down properly before you go to sleep, you can listen to episode four of our pre-sleep rituals. But winding down properly before you go to bed is really important. Making sure that, that if, if you are drinking alcohol, if you're drinking caffeine, if you're taking nicotine, you understand that that can be the reason that you're waking up in the middle of the night. The other, other things that can wake us up, the environment changes. Now, the environment might change in terms of light, or it might change in terms of noise. So a lot of people fall asleep with the TV on. You go to bed with the TV on, and you put a sleep timer on. And you think, well, that's, that's the right thing to do because the sleep time, because I need darkness, I need quiet to fall asleep. But if you fall asleep with noise, you fall asleep with light, if you turn off that, that light and that noise, your body comes out of its sleep cycle and it thinks, why is it now dark? Why is it now quiet? We better wake up and find out. And so, so having a consistent sleep environment that if you go to sleep with light and noise, light and noise is there as you, as you sleep the night. If you go to sleep with quiet then it is quiet all through the night. And this is probably particularly important when we're talking about children's sleep because many, many lullaby devices, toys that are designed to help our children sleep better, they switch off. And when they switch off, that's the thing that's waking your kid up in the middle of the night. They switch back on because they, they might be automatic. They pick up on the noise that your child's making and then your child falls back to sleep. But what, you're, what that device is teaching your child is to wake up numerous times during the night. And the same thing goes through. So if you are a person who falls asleep with noise, a person who falls asleep with, with both noise and light, if you're waking in the night, it could be, it could be that. So other, other environmental factors could be your kids shine out at night. Um, so it might be addressing your children's sleep issues. It could be your partner snoring. It could be you have a partner who's snoring. As you come out of that sleep cycle, you wake up because what on earth is, is that in the bedroom? Is it a warthog? That's what your body is thinking. So, so it might be your partner addressing, addressing their snoring. It might be, might be you. It could be you snoring. It might be you addressing your snoring. If you are looking at addressing your snoring, you know, two things, quick things. Don't try mouth taping because that is more likely to uh, prevent your partner from breathing than actually help them. And it could be sleep apnea. 
uh, and sleep apnea is quite a serious sleep disorder. And I think particularly if they are making a choking sound, so a sound more like <laughs> than <laughs> then have a word with them, get them to go and talk to their GP about it. Sleep apnea can be quite easily treated. So we've looked at environmental factors. Is it light? Is it noise that awaken us up? It could be just stress anxiety. It could be difficult time at work. It could be relationship issues, as we said. It could be issues with your children. Um, and if we're going straight to sleep, we're not winding down properly. We're not doing those pre-sleep rituals. Then we're more likely to wake up during the night. So get your, your wind down right before you go to bed. It could be temperature. Temperature is quite a common one. It could be um, that you're too hot. So it could be that you are too cold. So having a sleep environment allows you to manage your temperature better. I think this particularly applies for women because during the menstrual cycle, for two of the four-week cycle, definitely, and for, for many women, three, you're a little bit too hot for sleep. And then when women start living with the menopause, the temperature fluctuations can be quite significant and these can be waking you up in the night. So so thinking about things like maybe separate duvets. We have plans to do an episode on separate duvets in the future. Thinking about the right sorts of materials. Is your mattress foam? That might be an issue. Again, we're going to do something about mattresses in the future. Just, just looking at can we manage temperature better? So we, we've worked out what the triggers are and we've maybe minimised those triggers. That's great. That's what we want to do. But then how do we deal with waking up when it actually happens? So we have, we have something that that, um, that that is quite well established as a rule, as lots of evidence to to prove that it does work. We have something that, that used to actually be called the 30-minute rule, but now is more seen as a 15-minute rule because researchers' ideas have changed. But really, the amount of time is, is not important. It is, are you awake and are you worrying? So if you are awake for more than 15 minutes, wait for more than 30 minutes, you're probably going to struggle to get back to sleep because at this point, your adrenaline starts to rise, your heart rate starts to rise, your cortisol levels are, are, are increasing because you're worrying about not falling asleep. So for many people, when they wake up in the middle of the night, what they do is they lay there tossing and turning, tossing and turning, tossing and turning. Now, for those of the people that I work with, this, they have that situation. They wake up at two, they're getting up at six, tossing and turning, tossing and turning, tossing and turning. And about half past five, they think, well, it's fine. I'm getting up in <laughs> And they fall asleep because half an hour before they're due to get up, they relax. Their heart rate drops because they know that, that the end of this nightmare, this horrible despair is nearly at an end. And at that point, the body goes, great, let's go to sleep and send them to sleep for half an hour. And that half an hour sleep is probably the worst sleep that you will ever have. Because at half five, you felt fine. At six, you feel like death warmed up. So what we want is actually to convince your body at half two, quarter past two in the morning, that you're safe, that you're emotionally and physically secure, that you, we can drop your heart rate and we can fall asleep. So everyone's different when it comes to the things that relax them, but there are some things that a lot of the people I use can work. If you if you do breath work, if you do meditation, you do, you do things like yoga, the breathing exercises around them can be incredibly powerful. It might be box breathing. You, know, you breathe in for four, you hold for four, you breathe out for four and you rest for four, in for four, hold for four, out for four rest for four. Do that for four minutes, you're more likely to fall back to sleep. You could try what well, something I use quite a lot, it's something I call the the technique. So what I do is I'm, I'm doing some relaxed breathing, I close my eyes, I imagine a white light at the end of a tunnel and I say the word the over and over again. And that stops the intrusive thoughts, that stops the thoughts of failure, that stops, stops me going over arguments I had in 2002 and remembering what I should have said because I've got a really good killer point that I didn't make at the time. That the the technique stops me thinking about the things that are worrying me right now. One of the things I found quite powerful recently came from a conversation with my wife. She said to me, James, because she's a good sleeper, so sometimes she doesn't really understand why I struggle. She said to me, James, 
in the middle of the night, you can't solve that problem. So why are you thinking about it? So what happens now is if I wake up in the middle of the night and, I'm, and it is a particularly stressful time, might be something that, that is on my mind, I will lay there and I'll say to myself, and actually it's probably a little bit like my wife's voice in my head. It's like a hologram of Kelly coming into my head and saying, James, you can't solve this problem now. Go back to sleep. And, and that changing mindset has been quite powerful in me falling back to sleep when I, when I wake up in the middle of the night worrying about things. So maybe give it a go. You know, Take a loved one, take their voice and get, and get them to tell you, Stop being a dipstick. Go back to sleep. Another really powerful thing that can help is listening to music, listening to something, listening to, to something that allows your mind to wander. Because we talked about hearing is like our alarm system. If you can relax your hearing, the rest of your body will follow suit. It might be a spoken word book, particularly a book you have read before. It might be talk radio. It might be podcasts. Like with podcasts, when I use sound, I try to listen to podcasts that are not too interesting, not too boring. Um, and a footballer's working with who tried this technique and came to me and said, James, it didn't work. It didn't work. I listened to a true crime podcast and by episode 15, I was still awake. That's not the sort of thing you should be listening to. You know, something that you find a little bit interesting, but not too boring. For me, it's normally American politics, something like that. And often the person talking is a nice Southern drawl or an American accent that's quite soporific. And I find that very relaxing. But you need to maybe experiment a little bit what works for you, what doesn't. Podcasts could be, could be the thing. Could be, you could listen to music. Now, we used to think it had to be relaxing music. It had to be music of less than 100 beats per minute. It had to be music that maybe had a whale noise to it or sound like an Enya track. Some recent research actually told us what's more powerful is music that you have an emotional connection to. So if you have a favourite dance track, if you have a piece of music that you love that is that's fine because if it makes you feel safe, if it has good memories for you, then it's brilliant. I'd recommend steering clear breakup songs. I'd recommend steering clear of Adele. These things are not going to help when you're trying to get back to sleep in the middle of the night. It could be reminding yourself that your partner is there. So I had I was working with someone who, who said that that what, what relaxes them. We talked about what relaxed them. They said knowing their, their wife was there was relaxing. And the way they did this was by feeling her pants. That the, the feel of the lace on their hands was very tactile and it made them feel more relaxed, made them feel more safe. I did, I did tell a story in a, a seminar that I was doing and uh, someone in the seminar did say, could they not have just touched her arm? They could, but they felt touching her bum was more relaxing for them. If your partner does that, you have the right to say, no, this is not acceptable. Other things that you need to consider. So if, if, you, if you sleep next to someone and they don't annoy you with their sleepiness, then sleeping in bed next to me is fine. So if you sleep next to someone and them being asleep, them laying next to you going, <laughs> makes you angry, makes you think, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that is not going to help you sleep better because you are now angry and you're angry at them. If that's the case, you need to get out of the room. Go and do this in another room. Turn the lights down low. Relax. You'll read a lot of sleep expertise saying you've got to leave the bedroom. You can't be in the bedroom when you're awake. I don't really agree with this because for a lot of people, leaving the bedroom is a sign of being awake. And if you can do it in bed, I think that's easier. So if you sleep alone or you sleep next to someone who doesn't annoy you by being asleep, do it in the bedroom. If you sleep next to someone who's been asleep annoys you, then you might want to do it in a different room. And finally, it won't happen overnight. Your body has got used to you when you wake up at two o'clock in the morning. Your body thinks that you want to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and worry about the things that you're worrying about. It thinks it's helping you by making you wake up at two o'clock in the morning. 
but you don't agree. So what we need to do is re reteach your body, help your body learn that at two o'clock in the morning, you like to be relaxed and asleep. And this means whatever you choose to do, it isn't going to happen tonight if you put it in place for one night. For most people, it's going to take a couple of nights. It's going to take seven to 10 nights. It might take two weeks, three weeks, but you've got to keep trying. And I would say from my experience of suffering from this issue all my life, you've got to have a toolbox of these things. So sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes it's my wife's voice. Sometimes it, it, it might be breathing exercises. Sometimes it's the, the technique, but it's having that toolbox and applying the toolboxes you can go. And sometimes... It's just got to be an acceptance that you are awake. The thing you are trying to deal with emotionally might be so massive that you cannot get through it. You might have an early flight and that is affecting your ability to sleep well. But when that happens, we, we need to not beat ourselves up about it. And remember, you might be rubbish at sleeping, but we're brilliant at being tired. So how do I stop waking up in the night, James? Hopefully, I've given you some insight on understanding why you are waking up in the night and some tips and hints on how to deal with waking up in the night. Because remember, if we take the stress out of sleep, we start to sleep better. I'm James Wilson, also known as The Sleep Geek. You can follow me on social media at The Sleep Geek. You can visit my website to find out about my work as a sleep expert, thesleepgeek.co.uk. And hopefully this has been helpful. Sleep well. <laughs>